0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this week I have been absolutely itching to try and get some seeds sown. The feeling that we are starting to grow again is literally eating me up inside. So with that in mind, I have set up my seed sowing station and that is going to be talked about a little bit later on. First of all, let's have the first diary entry. Today is the Saturday the 7th of January 2023. I'm here in my potting shed at home. Now I had planned to go down the allotment this morning first thing but when I got up this morning as the sun rose it was uh, very much a red sky in the morning scenario and it was quite clear uh, it was raining and very strong winds. Now although I can cope with being outside in the rain a decent coat and what have you the winds were the biggest problem. They are very, very strong and it's still blowing a gale right now. And my fear, of course, is that something gets blown into my face or something when I'm down on the allotment. I've got, apart from a couple of sheds, I've not got anywhere I can escape the cold and the, the wind down there. Whereas at home, of course, it's very easy to snuggle up indoors and uh, have the cup of coffee going. Not that that's what I did. No, 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 no. I still did some bits Here. At home instead. So first of all what I did is I opened up and harvested what I thought was my turmeric plants. I grow ginger and turmeric in pots on my windowsill and I've been growing these for a number of years. Now I've been trying to research lately when is the best time to harvest turmeric because there's no real information on it in the UK and partly that's why I've never harvested it before I'm used to ginger ginger dies back usually sort of May time and then regrows around August if you leave it in the ground I'm used to that it does die down over the winter but in its natural environment it does tend to continue to grow so it is sort of in this country it does die back over the winter with the conditions that we have Turmeric, however, I get the impression that that is meant to die back in the winter. And I've been looking at these two plants and one of them had completely died back, whereas the other was still alive. Now, the labels in these did suggest that the one that had died back was the turmeric plant. So I I thought, right, OK, let's try harvesting the turmeric and see if we can take some of the roots and regrow those for next year. So I harvested out the the turmeric roots, broke off a couple of pieces and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, no, that looks more like ginger. Turmeric is a very deep yellow color. Well, I tasted a bit and sure enough it was ginger. So, a bit annoyed about that. I'm hoping that the ginger That I've replanted. We've got a good lot of ginger out of it. Don't get me wrong. Good, good lump of ginger. But I'm hoping the two bits I've replanted are going to grow. And we're going to get some more ginger growing this year. Fingers crossed that is actually going to happen. The turmeric plant, however, that is still growing absolutely fine. Still not showing any signs of dying back. So I'm not going to try and harvest it. I'm just going to leave it and see what happens with it once again. Now if anybody has grown turmeric here in the UK or anywhere in the world, really, can you let me know how you go about harvesting turmeric and when the best time is? I would be really grateful. The information that I can find is very well, not very helpful that I've found so far on when to harvest turmeric. That'd be great if you could share some information with us. Now after that, I went and sowed some chili seeds, some chilies a variety called Hungarian wax. And I'm going to be talking about sowing seeds, of course, a little bit later on. Chili's are always one that I like to sow a little bit early. And I do like my chilies. There's no beating around the bush. I do like my chilies. So I just thought I wanted to do something, so I sown some chili seeds. Then I went into my greenhouse. And my, I did grow some beans in pots there, some French beans, which gave us a few little French beans for Christmas. Not a huge amount, but they were in a pot. They died back, which I expected. So I've cleared that pot out of the greenhouse as well and made a bit of room. I've noticed that quite a few of the plants that in the greenhouse now really are showing signs of dying back, including my Sichuan pepper plant now again this is the first time I've grown Sichuan pepper is it meant to die back I'm under the understanding that it does so fingers crossed that it is okay it does seem to be still alive but fingers crossed it is going to be okay of course we have sown some Sichuan pepper seeds which we're waiting to see how they actually get on they are outside and they are having that period of stratification so Fingers crossed that that is going to work. Now, talking of stratification, something else that I have been doing, I want to grow apple trees, but I want them to be step over. Now, step over apple trees are where they're trained to virtually run horizontal to the ground at a very low level. And basically, the idea being that you can step over these apple trees. Now, I... I have been scratching my brain on how I could do this. I've always wanted to to really get into training fruit trees and bushes in a much more user-friendly way. And the trouble is, if we buy an apple tree, I feel they are quite expensive. And when you go and cut half of it off, it's a lot of wasted money. So what I decided to do was eating an apple... And I've saved the seeds from the apple. Now, apple trees also need a period of coldness in order to promote their growth. So what I've also done is I've sown these apple seeds in the same way that I've done the Sichuan pepper seeds. I've put them into a pot, put them in seed compost, and then I've left these outside to really try and enjoy or get some of that coldness growing for them. Now, again, this is going to be one that we're going to see if it works. I'm really hoping it does. Again, we're not sure. The variety of the apple is Braeburn. We're not sure if we're definitely going to get a Braeburn apple. We're not sure on a great number of things. It may turn out to be crab apples. We're not sure. I want to find out um, just to see if this works. But more importantly, I want to start training trees in different ways. Now, this may take a few years to get there, but... It's just for me a cheap way of giving it a try, if of course it works. Well talking of seed sowing, I have set up my seed sowing station in my greenhouse and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that now. So come meet me in the greenhouse. Right. Well I am in my greenhouse here at home and I have set up my seed sowing station here. Now what I would do in the past is I would usually start to sow my seeds off inside my shed and I would call this my production line of seed sowing. So what I mean by that I would usually sow my seeds they would then go into one heated propagator which didn't have any grow lights above it and was completely closed off. As soon as the seeds germinated I would then Move the, them into another propagator with a lid just cracked open and grow lights above it. And then, once they had grown a little bit more, a little bit tougher, they were ready for uh, pricking out, or then move them to another heated propagator again with grow lights but this time the heated propagator had no lid on it so it's just there to give a bit of warmth and then eventually they would grow on that they did not need the heated propagators they continued with grow lights before they would then go to the greenhouse the cold frames etc etc as I said it was like a production line they moved on to the different stages as they are ready however because of the cost of living crisis We have decided that this year we're not going to be using the heat propagators or grow lights. We're going to be trying to save some electricity. So this has completely changed things for my usual setup added to that this greenhouse here at home is a it's a great little greenhouse i've had this for a number of years i use it a lot over the winter to protect my plants but also for growing plants in the summer but now i actually have two greenhouses down on the allotment I felt it was time that we just started using this greenhouse for a seed sowing area in the beginning a, a bit more I've always got the greenhouses down on the allotment that I can move things into so really indoor space isn't too much of a problem now what I have moved into here is my aluminium potting potting bench I've had this for a few years I got it from a charity shop a few years ago it is I say aluminium it might actually be galvanized steel I'm not quite sure in fact it's magnets stick to it so it probably is some type of galvanized steel anyway it has been outside and it doesn't rust so it's quite a decent uh, potting up bench and I'm quite happy with it it feels just right to have in here now, the top area, of course, is a working area. This comes up to just above my waist, so probably about three foot tall, I guess. And it's um, it's what 60 centimetres deep by um, a metre long, so it gives me quite a good area of space to work on. And this is obviously where I would be putting all my compost to fill up my seed trays and sowing seeds. I've added a couple of boxes up here, one to keep labels and pencils in and another where I just keep a brush because as I work I try and sweep up everything to one corner so that everything stays tidy. Now just below this I have a shelf on this potting bench and that is obviously for storage. So on that shelf I've of course placed some of my seed trays, some of my pots, my root trainers and little wooden barbecue stakes these are for when we pot up certain plants as they get a little bit bigger bamboo canes can sometimes be a bit long a bit big I just find these little bamboo skewers a good thing for young plants to give them a bit of bit of strength to hold them upright they're small and they're easy to tie to so that's something I do keep and they're cheap A pack of about 100 cost me £2, so they last for quite a while. So I think they are a a good little thing. Then next to that, I have an IKEA bin, which I've filled with perlite. Now below the shelf, obviously, I have space which is on the ground. And I've got another IKEA bin on there in which I've added seed-sowing compost. I always like to use seed-sowing compost. I find, because it's quite fine... And low in nutrients. When seeds grow, they don't have to fight to germinate through it. It's quite a light material and it's also very easy for the roots to break through. But because it is low in nutrients, it is really only suitable for seeds. Once they germinated and pricked on, we do need to get them into multi-purpose compost. Now Talking of multi-purpose compost, these IKEA bins are great, but unfortunately I can't fit two next to each other. Otherwise, I would have another bin of multi-purpose compost down there. What I'm going to do with a multi-purpose compost is probably have it in a a smaller bin that I can keep just to the side once I find the right size and pull it out as and when I need it. Luckily outside, a lot of multi-purpose compost is going to be needed. Now these IKEA bins, as I say, I got them from IKEA. What I like about these, I think these are intended for sort of recycling purposes. They've got a flap on the front that you use to access, which is just great for this sort of thing. I actually use them for chicken feed and dog feed and many other things around the home as well. And of course, I keep a scoop inside there, which just gives me easy access. So that is my seed sowing Area set up now. I'm going to be sowing some seeds tomorrow, so what I'm going to be doing quickly is I'm just going to set myself up for seed sowing. Now, I always like to set myself up the day before. This means what I do is I'm going to get four scoops of compost out of the bottom bin, two, three, four. There we go. One scoop of perlite. There we go. Now, we're just going to mix this all together. Now, I use perlite because it's quite a cheap uh, additive to add to the seed sowing compost. It acts as like a sponge in the way that it holds on to moisture and uh, nutrients as the seeds grow and it's also very very light and pretty cheap to get hold of. I have been approached before by people who are concerned about the overuse of perlite and vermiculite which is a very warranted worry a bit like when we were using peat a lot. Perlite is a resource that will eventually or could eventually run out I guess. Uh, there are alternatives to Perlite that can be used unfortunately because of the garden media rules I'm technically not allowed to recommend them but the person who approached me has used brick dust which is currently being researched to see how good it actually is. Take what you can with that. Right So this compost is mixed quite nicely, so I'm going to fill up some of my usual garden trays. Now, what I'm actually using, so I've got these green trays that I've used for a number of years. They are about 15 centimetres long, 3 centimetres wide and 5 centimetres deep. They are quarter seed trays as they are known. I got these because they fit in my heated propagators nicely and I could pot them in a row all the way along. Obviously, we're not using heat propagators this year, but I'm still going to use them. I've also got some trays that we used to get some of Roxy's dog food in. These are plastic trays, uh, about five centimetres deep, five centimetres wide and ten centimetres long. These I've started using as well because I think they are going to be a great alternative. We're just going to fill these up with the seed sowing compost. Then I'll spray some water over them just to make sure they've got plenty of water. And then I would just leave these overnight so that they can then be at the same ambient temperature as what we would expect and they've got enough water to see them through. So that's that all set up ready for tomorrow. Now let's find out if I get to the allotment. It is Sunday the 8th of January 2022 today. It is about 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm down on the allotment. I've been down here for a couple of hours and we've rushed down here this morning because when we first got up it was a very heavy rain and we were looking at the weather forecasts to see what the weather was going to do and it appeared that there was going to be a break for about two hours when there was no rain. So me and my wife, Amanda, decided we'll walk down to the allotment so that we can walk Roxy at the same time, do a bit of work on the allotment, and then head on home. So uh, we walked down. As we entered the allotment, we saw that there were several other people with the same ideas walking around their allotments, around the allotment site itself, with their little dogs. So (laughs) quite a social... Uh, gathering, really, of dog owners and allotment tiers Now, I've been I was saying to my wife on our way down, I do need to start bringing Roxy down here more. Roxy, as you know, is my my dog, my puppy. She's an 18-month-old Sharpe staff, and she is a very explorative dog. She loves going here, there and everywhere and seeing what's around. She's very, very well-behaved, but very independent at the same time. Now I don't bring her down that much, especially at the moment when I'm down here for a few hours because I can't not have her on a lead but I can't work with her on the lead attached to me at the same time. So I'm I'm saying to Amanda that I've got to come up with a way that I can train her to be on the allotment without leaving the boundaries of our allotment not easy anybody that has a dog who also has an allotment if you can share your ideas on how you trained your dog on how to do that that would be much appreciated now when we were here I set about just clearing out a few weeds It's all I can really do at the moment clearing out weeds around the asparagus bed and, and the edges in particular And I've noticed that our rhubarb is starting to show signs that it's bouncing back into life. So that's a good sign. It means it has survived the winter. We're going to have to start, um, we're going to lay down a really thick mulch when the weather is a little bit better. But a rhubarb springing into life means that, you know, it won't be long until we start getting plenty of rhubarb our globe artichokes are also bouncing into life we don't really eat globe artichokes say to be honest they're a, a one i'm considering removing Anyway, after a bit of weeding, I then went down to where we have some cherry trees that have self-seeded and I dug a few of those out. I've put them into pots just on the side so that they can either be passed on to people who need them or they can still be used. I'm not quite sure. I didn't want to throw them away because I still think they're pretty good trees and they will still probably produce. Yeah, plenty of cherry trees are going on here and making the most of what we have. So that's all I've been really doing down on the allotment today. Weeding and digging out these cherry trees to try and get the allotment into a decent state. Uh, I'm going to head on home and I'm going to be sowing some seeds in my seed sowing station. So meet me back in the greenhouse. (coughs) Well, I'm back in the greenhouse now and I want to sow some seeds. Now, many people will actually say it is too early to sow seeds. And to be fair, I think you are probably right. But I want to grow food all year round. And I do believe we need to sow some seeds all year round in order to achieve that. Added to that, the concern, of course, is that we would run out of space. I feel I've got enough greenhouses now that I can use them for all the space that I need. So I, I feel it is fine for me to sow some seeds. I've always sown seeds all year round, so this is an unusual for me. Now, the first thing I want to sow is some microgreens. Now, I've talked about microgreens in depth many times before they're quick and easy a nice way to get a bit of garnish a bit of fresh flavor these will be growing on the kitchen windowsill they will be probably germinated in less than a week we'll be able to eat them within two weeks and yeah they're not going to be complete meals they just a nice bit of extra food to have available for freshness um, next to that, I'm going to be sowing some of our chilies, our peppers, and our aubergines so sweet peppers that is. Now, what I find with these three is that they do need a long growing period, so I find that sowing these in January onwards gives them enough time to really get going. If we sow these in May, probably won't be enough time for them to really get a crop. So January, February, March is ideal time, I find, for sowing these three. I've even sown some in December, and chilies, as we know, we've sown some in August as well. And chilies are one that really does need a long growing period. The only thing with all three of these is that they do need a bit of warmth so I'm not going to be able to leave these three seeds in this greenhouse. They're going to have to go indoors where it is a little bit warmer. Added to that what also is going to have to go indoors is some tomato seeds that I'm sowing. Now it is too early to sow most tomato seeds. If they're going outside. But a lot of my tomatoes are going to be inside the greenhouse, either here or down on the allotment. So I'm going to be sowing quite a few tomato seeds over the coming weeks that are destined to go into the greenhouse. So I'm starting those off. Again, these will have to start off inside and they probably won't be able to go out to the greenhouse till about March, just like the chilies, the peppers and the aubergines. That they do need that real warmth just to get them underway and see how they get going. Now, obviously, as I'm, I'm saying, these are going to be in our window sills, in our kitchens, our, our bedrooms. So they are going to take up a lot of the window windowsill space that we have indoors. Worktops and tables will become full, especially as we get into the March time. So... It's not ideal. I have got a very forgiving wife, to say the least, who, who allows me to do these things. But added to that, we're also, it's a way of life. We're trying to grow this food so we don't have to buy food. So it is a bit of a, a thing that we have to sacrifice. Now, a few other things that I'm going to be sowing. These can actually stay here in the greenhouse. We've got cauliflowers, a variety called All Year Round. They can be sown pretty much all year round, as the name suggests. And these will probably give us a cauliflower sort of early summer. So they're going to be well worth sowing now. Again, they will have to stay in the greenhouse to germinate. If you haven't got a greenhouse, a cold frame would do. Uh, spinach. Uh, I'm going to get a tray of spinach going. And... These are very easy to sow. I'll I'll actually use multi-purpose compost. They were just saying some big flower trays. We'll grow those on uh, before they uh, germinate and that's it. Lettuce as well. Another one that is well worth sowing uh, at this time of year. Again, need to be in a greenhouse or a cold frame just to try and get them underway. There's no reason why spinach and lettuce can't be on your windowsill as well, but they do take up a bit of space. And then, of course, herbs. I'm a big fan of sowing coriander, parsley, basil, especially at this time of year. Again, these will actually need to go... well, the basil will need to be in the kitchen windowsill. The parsley we could probably keep in the greenhouse to get it underway. Coriander and parsley, I find, do better when germinated in the cool weather, so... These will produce a lot of coriander, a lot of parsley, and they will grow and grow and grow. So again, this is another good reason why sowing throughout January, even though people will say it's too early, if you choose the right crops, you can get some good crops out of it. Now, most of these will stay in these seed trays until they are germinated, and then we will prick them out once the true leaves are shown. And again, this is what I could be doing on this seed sowing table. Haven't quite got that set up, as I said earlier, because that needs multi-purpose compost. But we will figure that out nearer the time. What we will prick them out into is either root trainers, which I've got quite a few of. I'm a big fan. In this greenhouse, I actually have the root trainer shelves. So it's very nice and easy set up for that. Or we have the plug plant starters, which I started using last year. You can get these from garden centres or Wilco's. They are a tray of almost the size of plug trays and you fill them up with compost prick out your seedlings into them and there you go you've got little plug starters so nice and easy but they will need potting up as they grow bigger and bigger like I said many of these seeds will actually stay indoors so our our sills and everything else is gonna well in, be full of plants by the time March comes So that is the seeds that I am sowing this week here in my seed sowing table. Now, as always, I like to find out what type of potting bench you have and whether you have any systems that you use to sow your seeds. I personally would like to build a bigger potting bench in here at some point, but that might have to wait as another project. Right, well, it is Monday tomorrow, so let's find out what we have cooking. (coughs) Well, to get some seeds sown feels absolutely fantastic to say the least. I know it is too early in many cases to sow seeds. But the reasons I've explained, I wanted to get some seeds sown. And there's a few more seeds that we will be sowing over the next few weeks. Now, as I said on Saturday I harvested my ginger, which I thought was turmeric. And this gave me an idea to try and create something out of a ginger that I've never made before. So I scoured the internet and I found a recipe for ginger beer. This comes from BBC Good Food. And it requires 200 grams of ginger, thickly sliced, two large lemons, peeled and juiced, 75 grams of golden caster sugar, 100 grams of light brown muscovado sugar and 500 ml of water. So what I did is I took all the ginger, the lemon peel, the sugars and the water and put it all into a pan under a low heat. And then I just stirred it until all the sugar had dissolved. Once all the sugar had dissolved, I then increased the heat and just let that water simmer for about 15-20 minutes basically until the, the the mixture had reduced down and was quite syrupy. Then I removed from the heat and let it cool completely. Then I took the syrup and strained it through a sieve lined with muslin and that then gave me a ginger beer syrup. Now we don't drink alcohol in our household that much so I didn't really want to make an alcoholic ginger beer. This is just a nice refreshing drink with a bit of a a kick to it that we just basically like making a squash drink we take a bit of that syrup we add soda water or sparkling water to it and then we go we have a ginger beer what i have done is i've used a little bit of a syrup because it will last for about two weeks in the fridge but I've also frozen some of the syrup to use on a later date. It's absolutely delicious, gotta say, and uh, I'm very, very happy that we have been able to use the ginger for something. Now, ginger we use a lot in cooking, as I'm sure you do, curries and other things as well. So the leftover ginger, what well, I'm probably gonna try and do is turn it into some sort of ginger paste during this next week. than that I could just chop up the ginger and pot it in the freezer lots of options available to us but uh, i'm very happy with the amount of ginger that we managed to harvest well that is it for this week i hope you have enjoyed this podcast and it has been for of some use to you if it has then please leave us a review on your podcast service i cannot express just how much that helps the podcast get found and develop if you really want to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a member of our Supporters Club. Membership is £5 a month, and you go to the Veggrowpodcast.co.uk to sign up. For that £5 a month, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, as well as a collection of seeds that are sent to your door every month. And these seeds can be sown that very month. Now, uh, of course, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find me under The Veg Grower Podcast on most social media platforms. And you can send me a message on social media. Or if you want to email me, richard at uk is my email. You can, of course, leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post if you specifically want to mention about the podcast. And we have the voicemail service, also available at veggrowpodcast.co.uk. Simply go to the website, click on the link, it will access your microphone, you leave a message and uh, I get emailed a voicemail. It's a fantastic tool and allows me to play in some of your messages on the podcast as well. Right, well, we will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.